Hello and welcome to BakaCast for the 12th week of the spring 2017 anime season. We are almost done. Ta-da. <laughs> as, as always, I am your host, Dustin, and with me tonight is Larry. Yes, I am here, I think. Ben. Yo. And Aaron, who I'm sure is very annoyed that he's not grinding an FF14 right now. I'll, I'll get back to it in a second. I only need I like another 1.3 million XP. I feel your pain, Aaron. Alright, so let's go ahead and get this done with so we can go back to Stormblood. Uh, as, as always, you can find show notes at www.audioentropy.com or at www.projectharuhi.net. Let's start with Sekai Suru Kado, episode 10. Well, and that, that was kind of disappointing. Yeah, a, a very interesting... I really liked the first few minutes, though, where we see the Big Bang, basically, from the perspective of the anastropic beings. <laughs> and their comments. Yeah, like, I really liked that, especially how they talked. Um, it kind of broke for me when, near the end, one of them said, that's insane, because it just felt out of place. Yeah, some um, of the later, the, the end conversations was kind of odd. It didn't flow with the rest of it. Yeah, uh, but overall, I really like that beginning where we see uh, the conversation between the anastrophic beings, and then we see the character, and then we see the anastrophic being who will later become. Why well, can't I remember her name? Uh, Sukai. Sukai. We ser- we see her sort of descend to Earth, um, and we find out like, oh yeah, she does get reincarnated. Um, to a man with the tallest face in the world. <laughs> be fine. He's just a big dude. He's a very, he's a very, yeah. Although, although to be fair, this is Japan, so he's probably like 5'6". <laughs> Aaron, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that, I guess that answers that question of like, are they, a, like, is she immortal or does she reincarnate? So yeah, we, we learned that. Um, but yeah, so we get kind of get her life story, though it's not entirely clear at what point she realizes she's an anastropic being. I don't think they ever really make that entirely clear. Mm-hmm. Um, nor do they really make it clear when she gets the ring. Like, all we know is that she has it by the time she goes off to college and sort of... Yeah. Yeah, so... so. That's still sort of unclear. Um, to be fair, it yeah, doesn't that... really matter, and it seems like the ring was just a limiter that she put on herself. Yeah, ultimately it doesn't matter. Um, it, it is interesting to get her backstory and sort of like see why she became attached to the Earth, at least a little bit. Um, my main issue comes afterward, after that sequence, which is about halfway through... Um, and it's not even necessarily with the sort of fight itself. I think the fight was good. My primary <clears throat> issue with it was when they start talking. Um, particularly when, uh, sort of for a couple reasons. The first is when Zashinina starts talking about how, like, 
oh, I like I realize that trying to um, make humanity into anastropic beings will probably kill most of them because they can't handle it. But as long as one person survives and like very pointedly stares at Shindo, as long as one person survives, it'll be worth it, and I can keep trying over and over again until it does work. And my issue with that is that is it's sort of it's sort of built built upon a foundation that was always shaky for me from the very first episode is that I don't get why Shindo is such a big deal. <clears throat> like at no point has this show ever given me an impression that Shindo is at all particularly special. Um, well, it's because of the, uh, it's because, uh, he was the, he was basically the first person to be like taken into Kato. I mean, yes, but at the same time, like, why does that matter? Like, there were a bunch of people on that plane where, that were taken into Kato. There are a bunch of people who are just as smart as Shindo, because honestly, like... Well, he was the first that was sort of remade to, so that he could go outside. Yeah, but, like, there were plenty of other people who got remade in the same way that Shindo was. So... Again, like, I don't think this show has ever done a particularly good job of explaining why Zashida is obsessed with Shindo specifically. Because, yeah, he's smart, but, like, he's not a genius. He doesn't seem to be particularly exceptional in any way. If anything, he should be going for the uh, the scientist lady, who seems yeah, to I'm... have a far better understanding of the Anthropic than Shindo does. Yeah, if he was going after, like, the the sort of young scientist, I totally understand that. Well, like, yeah, the, the show has gone to great pains to show how she's kind of different from everyone else. Well, actually, Shindo is just like a normal protagonist. Well, okay. The thing about Shindo, it's like I said, it's that the, it's that <clears throat> shit. Okay. What makes Shindo, what makes Shindo special is not his smarts. What it is, is it's, it's, is it's basically it's his ability to handle stuff. I don't buy that though, because like what he what does he handle really? Like he's basically just let the alien have his way, and has been like, please don't shoot the alien. But also like, what are what is the military going to do anyway? Like I don't think Shindo has been. I don't think he's really done much in he terms has... of actual diplomacy. He hasn't done anything that any other normal person could have done. Yeah, like if I was trained to be a diplomat, I could probably do the same thing. And I, it's not like I'm. It's not like I think I'm particularly skilled in diplomacy. But like the stuff he's done in this show, is fairly rudimentary, like ambassador stuff. Uh, and that's my main issue with it. Um, especially since a lot of the time it felt like Shindo was just sort of rubber stamping whatever Zashinita wanted to do. Which, I mean, anyone could do that. Put a, put a nice spin on it. A marketer could do that. Probably even better. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it's... I can more easily buy why uh, Tsukai cares about Shindo more than way more than I can buy why Zashunina does. Well, what, 
And then what I found weird at the the end of the episode when he comes out with Shindo's copy, um, and like he doesn't appear to have any concerns that the other girl was an anthropic being. Like no one is just like, oh, all right, well I guess she was, and then just moves on. I'm uh, did did does anyone even know she is outside of? Yeah. I, oh, oh yeah. I guess she. I guess she did do that very dramatic, like bursting through the wall. Well, she yeah, did that, that and then weird. and then he revealed that like he sealed her in this cube, to uh to the scientist and the other three negotiating people. Yeah. And none of them were just like, huh, that's kind of weird. They're just like, oh, yeah. okay, and moving on. None of the none of them were even seen to be shown as like under duress. Like, oh, I'm just agreeing to this because I'm afraid of what he might do to me. Yeah, it was just they accepted it and moved on, which is not what people would do. But then my other issue with that particular, like, the scene where Shindo's like, no, you can't do this, um, and Tsukai is also like, no, you can't do this, is because they both appeal to Zashinina on kind of a emotion, almost emotional level. Like, there is a sort of nod there when i think it's sukai says you'll break humanity um but they don't really dive deep into the idea that you know all this stuff that zashunina is doing if he does it humans won't really be humans anymore and they've never really asked zashunina like hey if you do this like will humans even still hold the same appeal that they did for you like why did you why were you interested in us in the first place? And I would expect someone if they were supposed to be an amazing diplomat like Shindo is supposed to be that he would sort of come at it not from his own perspective of why this is bad but consider it from like why would like how can I say this in a way that Zashunita would think, "Wait, do I really want this?" Well, yeah, we like, we still haven't they, quite been told why the anastropic being or why he would want to pull them out and make them an anastropic being in the first place uh, like I, th- I thought to... the whole point was to get them there to give them information that they could observe uh no it's what it is okay actually this is explained in the episode it's, it does it's... seem explicit in this episode that humanity itself is the information uh, yeah, and what and also what it is is human. What humanity is to the an, to the anisotropic beings is something to interact with that cannot be predicted. <laughs> so yeah, like Shindo even kind of alludes to that fact when Sukai like asked him, "Why did you like Why did you jump in front of that for me?" And he's like, "You know, sometimes we do things that we can't really explain." Then why don't they don't all just go down to Earth? It, it seems it seems like Zashinina is the only one that's this obsessed with the idea mm-hmm. of because otherwise we'd see more of them, I think. But Zashinina is the only one who's kind of directly going like, "Hey, I want to make you like me." Also, why did he bother? Like, why is he not just cloning Shindo or other people and doing it to them first? Just to see if it would work. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean that—that that is a good point because, like, 
if he was doing it as like a scientific experiment, scientific experiment, which so far he's kind of treated that this whole thing like a scientific experiment, you'd think he'd have a control group. Like, but again, like I, that's where it goes back to Zashinina's like desi- personal desires and and motivations not still kind of being a bit hazy. Which I'm not sure I'm not sure if that's intentional or not, but it certainly it certainly doesn't help us understand why he does the things he does. Well, we've only got what two more episodes. Maybe, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's been a weird, bumpy ride. Yeah, NRDB is listing two more episodes. And like, I can't say I regret watching this. Like, um, it, it's certainly a different show. It's a show that we it's a, it's a style of show that we don't get very often. So. I, like I'm still glad I'm watching it all the way to the end, but yeah, it's it, it's rougher than I was hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I just really wish they had done more to like build up the build up the characters in a way to make sort of these final revelations click for me. You also had that weird fan service scene at the end for no apparent reason. Oh yeah, like where where she's naked for some reason and uh and she's like, Oh, that's just how it has to work. And I'm like, Yeah, uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, it's like the Whatever you say, Hideo Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll understand once you play the game. Mm-hmm. She has to breathe through her skin. Uh, anyway, I thought this episode was okay. I'm gonna uh, give it a three. But... I'll give it a two. I'm... Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I can. Ooh, I don't know whether I want to give it a two or a three. Um. Hmm. I can. Yeah, I'll give it a two. Cause, like, man, I I really like that. Mo- almost all the first half but that last half like so much about how the narrative was delivered really bugged me mm-hmm. yeah this this is honestly a hard show for me to rate because like there are so many episodes where it could go either way for me where it's kind of right in that edge between number grades uh but yeah i guess we'll we'll see how it goes with the final couple episodes um also, also, let's I... move on to I, I gave you a, a Attack on Titan gift, Dustin. Oh, 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 dang. Crap, I really need to catch up on Attack. I really need to start watching Attack on Titan again. Yeah, well... It's actually getting to the part I really like. Uh, yeah, the season just finished. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there'll be a season three next year. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously. What was the final episode of? Where did that end? Uh, let's see. It ended with... It ended with uh, Aaron being rescued by... By the, uh, the the scout by the scouting legion and uh, and okay. e- and Emir going back with uh, Reiner or Berthold. Okay, yeah. So so they're going to be picking up pretty much immediately with the like really great sort of yeah political stuff. Then 
when next season starts. All yeah. Right. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So when season three airs, like I, I think we're definitely going to be covering that because that's the part of Attack on Titan where it really starts, like, clicking with me. Um. Anyway, let's move on to Alice to Zoraku episode eleven. Uh, which was pretty interesting. Like, there was a lot riding on sort of the interactions between um is it hana sana and hatari hatari right hana is her friend hachan um yeah yeah, hachan right Uh, Uh, hatari and sana yeah it's actually well her friend is uh, her friend is ayumu okay yeah yeah sorry for some reason i thought hachan was hana chan no yeah yeah, hatari was Hatari is uh, Hatari is Hachan and uh, Ayumu is Ayuchan. And okay, yeah. So yeah, there was a there was actually a lot going on between them that I thought was significantly better than most of their interactions in the past. Well, yeah, um, because uh, right because uh, because Sana actually calms down and starts and starts uh, you know trying to. You know, trying to you know talk about her feelings, and although she still doesn't quite have the words to express it, but you know, she's yeah, not... like her her childishness is is expressed in a more narratively interesting fashion rather than just her being annoying all the damn time. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, she, um, she's I... she's much better in this episode. Yeah, and I also like really like the sort of creative visual visualizations going on in Wonderland. Um, I like the kind of reveal that the White Rabbit seems to be acting as a sort of third party, like almost peacekeeper in the world that can't be controlled by even Sana. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think, and I think what I think, yeah, and and sort of. I guess the the white the, the spotted pig is is like leading is leading uh, Zoruku and uh, Sanai to uh, oh, towards yeah. Sana, which was <laughs> E, so it's Sanai. Yes, Sanai. Yeah, I love that spotted pig. Right. I also, thought... uh, I can't remember who's the lady who has the uh, grimoire. Oh. Uh... Suzuku. Yeah, so the lady with the grimoire power, I really like the scene where she transforms and, like, her apparently yeah, assistant yeah, is like, oh man, I love it when you're in that, like, magical girl outfit. Yeah, Yamato's all over her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, and, uh, and, and she's all like, look, Yamato. I, I don't mind if if you really are gonna fangirl out over my costume, but just do your job, okay? Yeah. No, she reminds her now. Tell me what your job is. Yeah, to support you and gather data on Wonderland. She's like, all right, good. As long as you remember that. Yeah. It's like uh, also, Wonderland is horrifying if you imagine. <laughs> everything that's going on as it would look like in real life instead of as an anime cartoon. 
Yeah. You know, you know, like those concept images people make of like, what if Mario's face looked like a real human fleshy face? And it's terrifying. Uh, I'm sort of imagining Wonderland, Wonderland at, at, in that sort of light. And it's way more uh, <clears throat> David Lynchian when you think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. You get rather twitchy thinking about it, especially when they're walking through and there's the image of uh, Sana and, so- and Zokuru there, and it's like, you know... It's a big statue. Yeah, and, it, and Sana's yeah. Going, oh, you're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that that wandering through Wonderland was actually pretty neat. Um, I actually liked the heart-to-heart that um, Hattori and Sana had. Uh, I like sort of the the difficulties that sort of out of control wonderland is presenting to the protagonists like all in all it was a, it was a fairly solid episode i still don't care about sauna all that much um i sort of only kind of care about her by proxy because i like zoroku <laughs> um, hey, there's nothing wrong with this old guys but to me hattori is a far more interesting character so i'm giving it a four Yep. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Yep, more. same here. All right, so let's go on to Little Witch Academia episode twenty four, which is a really fantastic episode, and left us with an interesting one episode to solve cliffhanger. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's and... like they they solve one problem, but then, <laughs> but more crop up. Yeah, and as more of the crops up, looks like could be. Um... Yeah. Interesting? Interesting. Alright, so so Ben, Larry, I want you guys to talk first, um, because once I start, I'm going to go a bit wild, so... Right, yeah. Wait a minute, uh... so wait a minute, are we talking out of the norm here again? Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> go ahead, Benjamin. A- alphabetically, you're first. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're right, so you got... You know, so Croy, you know, Croy, you know, you know, sets her plan in motion and it doesn't work the way she wanted it to. No, her toy turned against her definitely. Well, and also, like, you know, like, yeah, like the Grand Triskelion, like, wasn't what she thought it was going to be. Well, because she used the wrong magic to get a hold of it. Uh-huh. Well, actually, it's because it's... I, Personally, I think it's not because she used the wrong magic, but 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 just because she didn't understand what the purpose of the Triskelion was. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and this is kind of gonna play into my analysis a bit later on. But like, ultimately, she can't use the Triskelion because she's incapable of thinking about magic in the way the Triskelion wants her to. Well, yeah, it actually, it actually goes back to the whole slogan of this, like, the whole motto of the show, which is, a believing heart is your magic. And the thing is, yeah. is that, is that Croy did not have a believing heart. And that's why, and that's why her whole thing, that's why her whole thing was doomed to fail. That's why it went boom in a hurry. Yeah. I could get, I could get that. Uh, yeah. I, have to, I, I give, I give kudos to uh, 
chariot for uh, acrobatics without being able to fly and uh, a few other uh, that uh, yeah in fact that 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 whole scene once uh, yeah oh the action the action was great yeah there was nothing wrong with that action uh, and yeah and, and and right and like I said and uh, you know but then of course. You know, then of course, like, you know, you, ha uh, you know, Akko gets there and she says, and she says the words, and that, like, uh, you know, activates, yeah, I guess, activates the world reconstruction magic, although it's not clear, like, what the implications of that are going to be yet. Well, and then Croy's toy is on its way to uh, greet them. Her second toy is on its way to to greet them, and yeah, that's where it left. Yeah, off, but, yeah, but, but it, 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 yeah. it turned the first toy toy into a really beautiful flowery thing, and yeah, yeah. Evidently, they they have to stop a magic nuke powered by anger. <laughs> yeah, anger I, over I, anger. I over, love that final scene. Anger over a soccer game. It was such Remember. a great way to do a cliffhanger. Remember this. This is this is uh, this is uh, anger over a uh, soccer game, folks. Yeah. Which, okay. So this is kind of where I I start to get into my uh, sort of wild analysis here. Okay. Well, but, it's all yours, boss. Have at it. Bring it. So I mentioned in the previous recording that I I saw very evident parallels between. Sort of the way Croy does things in a way that um, some alt-right media outlets use fear and anger and all sorts of negative negative emotions to get page views uh, and to like get people paying the money and to like give them more power. And what we see in this episode is how that backfires. Yes, um, and we've actually seen this happen with Breitbart. Um, and other uh, outright outlets where they fuel people like so effectively that the people they are enraging actually move, actually become so radicalized that the uh, that the original like um, media outlet that set them up into a fervor actually gets um, trampled over by all that anger because now they are actually not radical enough for the people they radicalized uh, and it just blows up right in their face because they can no longer control it uh, and that is what is happening to Croy like she can't control the emotions that she helps stoke uh, yep. and it's just making everything worse and like when she says to the triskelion like what is this i don't understand this i don't understand why all my efforts haven't given me a tool to change the world like i don't understand like where is the world changing device that i can just use Where's the i refuse button? to like clearly you're just lying to me mm -hmm. uh and i see this a lot with people who um, sort of do 
uh, videos about like anti-feminist who do like anti-feminist videos who do uh, alt-right videos um, who rail uh, against all sorts of like progressive policies is that um, like not only do they believe that they are viewing the world as it truly is but that there could be no other explanation for it because they've never bothered to look outside their own worldview. They've never looked outside themselves. And Croy hasn't either. Like, Croy... Like, when have we ever seen Croy interacting with anyone other than her rival? <laughs> and, like, the people she manipulates? She doesn't spend time with people in the outside world. She never really tries to understand, like what they need what motivates them all she cares about is manipulating them to her own ends uh and what's interesting is that in a lot of cases the people who make media that sort of um tries to capitalize on these alt-right viewpoints the people who defend them will the people who make them or defend them will go oh you know um I'm glad these uh, things exist because, you know, uh, all these, like, SJW media, they have agendas. And I prefer my media to not have an agenda, to not have a message. Um, not realizing that all media has a message. All art has a message. Uh, and there is no, there is no piece of art or anything you can do that will by itself change the world it's not all just on you uh it's media is used to affect everyone and it's used to reflect the current state of the world and you are reflecting that regardless of whether you think you are or not um and there's just this blinder that they have and that croy has as well to this reality and so when she sees the triskelion she's expecting uh, a, a tool to use a tool that does a task and brings the magic back when the only thing that can bring the magic back is to make people love magic again to make them feel that magic is worthwhile again which is why when she gets the triskelion it's like this little like stick wand that makes bubbles and stars but she doesn't know how to use that because her purpose isn't to make stories that entertain people it's to create things to like to create tools that manipulate them yeah uh and when akko gets it she understands what the purpose of entertainment is she understands what the purpose of media is, uh, which is why she is able to use it. Um, yeah, she'll put on and, a good show. Yeah, I really like this episode. Again, both from just a solid narrative perspective, but also for what it reflects in our current reality. Uh, 
I was honestly shocked by how well this episode feels like it reflects the things that are going on in a lot of parts of the world right now. Like, I, I mostly referenced things that have happened in America, but we're not the only ones who are dealing with um, sort of fascists coming to prominence in the world sphere because of, uh, because of like, uh, concerns being stoked to a radical degree. Um, like, Britain dealt, dealt with that with Brexit and is still dealing with that with brexit and yeah, uh theresa may specifically uh france dealt with that with their recent elections um japan has sort of like low-key been dealing with that with abe and the rise of japanese nationalism um it's happening everywhere and uh, shockingly for a show for a like typically very light-hearted and goofy show about uh about like young girls training to become witches this show like really reflects that extremely well and why those attitudes are so dangerous agreed i'm just (laughs) it's just i was not expecting that from this show like at all (laughs) yeah i was uh i mean i was expecting like you know well executed, a well executed, light hearted entertainment, and yeah, the, I mean it delivered on that front, but it also had, but it also had themes that it explores very well. Yeah, like absolutely, it it stands extremely well just on its own. Like twenty years from now, you'll watch Little Witch Academia and you'll be like, man, that was a really fun show. But like viewing it in the context of like right now adds this other like really fascinating layer to it that i did not think was going to be there because normally i don't really expect that from trigger and yeah i know we sort of already went over that like um kill a kill was uh also had elements of that but it's super strong in little witch and to a degree that I'm not used to. But yeah, I... God, I love this show. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm giving this episode a five. Yeah. I'd, I'd give it more than five, but uh, you can only give it five. Also, yeah, also, Akko reunites with Chariot, and they hug, and it's adorable. No, Akko's like, uh... Okay, so Ursula's chariot is Ursula is chariot. I'd rather you be Ursula. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that. uh, Well, also, okay. If you tease apart like, like the like the chain of the chain of events here, you know, Akko was inspired to become a witch by Chariot's show, which at the same time took away her magic power, her late her 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 latent magic power. Yeah. Except that, you know, like, you know, except, like, without the show, w- without, like, Chariot's magic show, she would have still had latent magic powers, but she wouldn't have had, but she wouldn't have had the inspiration to become a witch. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, Chariot sort of gave with one hand, took away with the other, except what she took away can be gotten back. 
Yeah, and like which I think sort of ties into one of the themes uh, that's been going through the show is that, like, sure, talent is nice and all, but ultimately the most important thing is to have the drive and the desire to really work at what you love. Yeah. And like, if, if you love something and you want to do it, even if you don't have like the inherent talent, if you just work your ass off, like you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think is extremely important to say to people who are getting into art um, or any sort of artistic medium because a lot because a lot of time we like to think of um, artistic mediums, especially um, drawing or like anything where you're making pictures uh, as sort of like, oh, I could I could never do that. You're so amazingly talented. Like I know a lot of artists, they get really bugged about that because they're like man like i i had to like work so hard to get to where i was i wasn't just like an amazing drawer from like day one um yeah so, like to have a show be like yeah no if if you want to be a like yeah. anime artist or a manga artist or anyone who draws things oh. like this for a living like it's not about talent really yeah. like you just just gotta put in the work well, that's the thing is that you know even a great even like and even when it, when it comes to writing like even a great novelist is basically going to write like millions of millions of words of garbage in as a pro, in, as part of learning his craft. Yeah, it ain't mystical. It's just it's like any other job basically. Yeah, uh, I, I know about yeah, just I, writing stuff. It's it, it that's one of the reasons why I really liked um, uh, one of my favorite books actually is. Uh, by Stephen King, and it's not even one of his fiction books. It's uh, his sort of like memoir slash oh, you mean advice you book mean, you called mean, On Writing. I read that. That was an awesome book. I love that yeah, book. It's a fantastic book, and like personally, I think it's the best thing that Stephen King has ever written. Um, because not only is it a really interesting look on his own life, but he gives like really fantastic like writing tips. And not even just like, hey, you should do this thing, because he acknowledges like every every writer has different things that works best for them. But in giving in explaining like why he does the things he does, he explains like why you should have some sort of process, like even if it's completely different from his, like have a process, have something you regularly do, (laughs) because if you don't regularly do it, you you ain't going to get better. Um, but yeah, if, if you're interested in the craft of writing at all, definitely check out On Writing by Stephen King. It's amazing. Uh, anyway, let's talk about My Hero Academy, episode 25. Yeah. In which we get the, uh, you know, the first half, the first half of the episode, you know, is the, the, like the final fight between, uh, Todoroki and Bakugo. Which, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, and except it's 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 not on the level of you know of uh, you know uh, Deku versus uh, Todoroki, but it yeah. didn't it didn't even try to be. And the fact that it wasn't yeah, on that it was, level was part of the point. 
yeah, it was like on purpose anticlimactic. Um, because Todoroki is still like conflicted about whether he wants to use his fire, and Bakugo's super pissed off because you know if if he used his his full power against Deku, but he's not using his full power against Bakugo. And how can Bakugo know if he's actually worthy of the first place? And like he Bakugo reacts in the worst way possible to to this problem, but uh, ultimately his objection is sound and it's understandable, even if his like ultimate reaction is really bad. Yeah, the shot Yeah, the shot that the shot that they had of him like being like bound and gagged in chains. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they have a muzzle on him. <laughs> well, yeah, while they're giving him the gold medal. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you were. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. Go ahead. Yeah, that was. <clears throat> I thought that was a. I thought that was a great shot. Better than great shot. It was expected. I mean, when she says, you know, he's been this way since he woke up, you know, everybody's like, okay, this is normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, of course Bakuko has been like this. I mean, what do we expect from that guy? Um, I really like All Might coming in and everyone going like, yeah, All Might! Um, and uh, and how um, the one announcer who has the pheromone power just talks over him. <laughs> yeah, midnight is that. Yeah. yeah, midnight. Uh, I like how when when All Might uh, puts the medal on each of them, he hugs them. Mm-hmm. Because again, All Might is the best da- best dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I really, I also really like the gag where uh, everyone thinks that All Might is going to say his catchphrase plus Ultra, and he totally doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know this is this is it's good every once in a while to run off script. Oh, never mind. There's an off script yeah. line that goes there, but I'm going to stop there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it had a the the basically first third was a really fun fight between Bakugo and Todoroki that ended in a. Uh, anticlimactic way that was like appropriate and led to a really interesting conflict for Bakugo. Uh, the middle third uh, had some like really good character moments in the um, like in the in the metal presentation scenario and just was just generally like pretty funny to sort of like uh, bring bring the mood up a bit because <clears throat> in the last third we get. Um, sort of these prologue, these epilogues kind of uh, where we see what's happened to the characters since the tournament um, specifically to Ida uh, and how like he's just learned of his older brother getting like in critical condition um, well you know for a moment there I thought he was very dead yeah I I was sure from the previous episode i was convinced that that dude was just dead of course the so doctor at the said very it, least like hey he's not dead yet <laughs> yeah so like the doctor said you know, another two minutes and he'd have been dead 
Okay. But yeah, uh, I really like um, I really like the scenes with Todoroki going to visit his mom. I absolutely adored the scene with Uraraka coming back home to her parents and her parents just freaking out. Scaring the living daylights out of her. And yeah. Then, and then Deku's mom. Yeah, Deku's mom scolding him for being so reckless. Well, I'll mm-hmm. support you anyway, dear. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's your typical mother. Your typical mother's like, oh, yeah, I don't care what you do. Just, you know, I'll support you. Just don't go killing people, please. But yeah, those yeah. those were really great denomas. Um Overall, this was a, a, a really solid episode that I'm perfectly happy giving a five. Yeah, I'm giving it a five. The show is it can it keeps firing on all cylinders, and I love it. Uh, you know, it's I am act- thing, this this uh, this is only halfway through. I can't wait to see what the other half's going to be like. Well, I am actually super excited for tomorrow's episode, where the uh, where the big hook for it is that they pick their superhero aliases. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I, I can I can see Surasan going read it read it frog frog. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about eccentric family episode eleven, where everything is just going very poorly for Yasuburo and his family. I mean, there's nothing like falling down the well, starting your way up the well, and then somebody dumping water in it on top of you. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much how that went two-thirds of the episode. Yeah, I yeah I really loved, like, the plot turns in this episode, because, like, like, for most of the episode, it's like, oh, man, how are the, like, you know, like, how are our heroes going to get out of this? And then... It like it start like at the end of the episode it starts turning around, and it's really great to watch. Yeah, like, like the show is basically built a Jenga tower of conflicts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, and, and like it, and it, I think it all like it starts turning around with uh, Nidaime's reaction, where like you know it was like. Oh yeah, we like recovered this. You know, we recovered your gun, and and Nidaime picks up the gun. He's like, "This is fake." Yeah, that was. I knew as soon as he held that gun, he was gonna be like, "Yeah, no." Well, it, it was it was led to you know that when um, <clears throat> Tanyama was standing there with the gun, he goes, "I thought you sold your gun." Well, I yeah, I got money. It, it, never mind. I have my gun. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Mostly, I'm just really looking forward to the uh, Abisugawa brothers just being thoroughly humiliated once and for all and run out on their asses for well, being such pieces of shit. Well, and then we, we come to find out that uh, the older brother isn't the older brother, but it's the father in disguise. Yeah. See, that's what I wasn't expecting. I didn't think so. I honestly thought Son was dead for good. Dang it. Yeah. I was like, wait, how did he... How did he not die? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll find out in the next episode. But yeah, well, like I, I, I was honestly shocked by that. Well, the thing that got me is when his own son walked in there and he didn't panic. He just kind of like, uh... And the professor trying to rescue him out of the cage. Oh, that reminds me. So I was going to kind of 
allude okay. to this in um, when we were talking about Alice, but so uh, the professor introduces himself as Palm Poco Common. <laughs> yeah, and if you go to uh, if you look at if you watch Alice Tazaruku episode uh, eleven again, you'll notice that Sana is wearing a shirt that says Palm Poco Common. It sure does. You picked that up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which I thought was a really cute bit of serendipity. <laughs> well, yeah. Who says that these writers don't sit in the same bar drinking out of the same bottle of sake getting the well, same I mean, ideas in the middle of the night? Yeah, of course. You know, Palm Poco is like I mean, that's like a you know, classic movie about Tanaki, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty funny. Um, I also really loved uh, what Gyokuran says to... Um, is it Yaichiro? Uh, Yaichiro, yes. Yaichiro, okay, I was on the right track. Uh, when he turns into, into a tiger and she follows along with him, he's like, in the end, I'm nothing more than a fool. And Gyokuran is like, yeah, I know. Yep, that's all right. I like fools. Yeah, she became really, a tiger too, so that was you know that was that. yeah. I love the relationship they have. It's so good. And Benton sitting there looking at the cage, crying, going, "Yeah, yep, I'm gonna eat you. Dang it, yeah, I'm so gonna eat you." I think that ultimately, sort of, no matter what happens around Yasuburo, I think ultimately for. If Benten's character arc is going to have resolution, she's going to have to be the deciding factor in whether or not Yasuburo survives. That's just what's going to have to be. It's just how this is this season is going to have to end. She's going to have to hold his life in her hands. Or send Tenmanyan back to hell. Um, I mean, possibly <laughs> that, but ultimately, like, well, the, yes, I feel like for her arc to have a satisfying conclusion, at least for me, and, and to feel like it's it's leading up to what I think it's leading up to, uh, Yasuburo's life is going to be in danger, and Ben 10 is the one that can decide whether or not he lives or dies. Um, and also, well, on the on the other side, it what what I think what also needs to come to a head is. How is how Yasaburo how Yasaburo deals with his feelings towards Benten? Yeah, like I think ultimately for their character heart for both of their character arcs to have like sort of a quote unquote good end, Benten has to be the deciding factor in saving Yasaburo's life, and then Yasaburo has to reject her and say. I'm done with this. <laughs> that's a possibility. Um, but again, like that's just on a personal level. It's entirely possible that this show could do something entirely different and it would still work um, because I have a lot of faith in the writers of this show. Well, like that's just what it seems like to me is going to happen or like those are the choices that are going to come up in the finale because it feels like to me what this whole season has been leading to. Well, it's uh, like yeah, my prediction, my prediction, you know, since we're, you know, engaging in like 
<laughs> a little bit you know, of speculation. Yeah, speculation. speculation is fun. Yes. So <laughs> my a show like this speculation is very fun. So my prediction is that Benton is going to refuse to save Yasaburo. Yasaburo will be saved anyway by himself and others, and then at the end, Yasaburo will reject Benton. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening in sort of a way that like sort of ultimately fully destroys Benton. Well, yeah, let's get back to the scene where Mom and the youngest one are sitting in the cage and the brother's sitting there going, well, I think I'll go ask Kaisi what, uh, wait a minute, she ran off with, holy... Yeah. Like, it does It does seem like the youngest Ebisugawa brother is like, oh, maybe, hmm. Maybe there is something sketchy. Yeah, um, also, I want to give a shout-out to the animators for giving, uh, like, when Stone is revealed... Mm-hmm. For giving uh, Sone one of the most like evil, like self, uh, like what I, what's the word I'm looking for? Selfie facing. Well, what one of the most evil, self satisfied faces I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It is an extremely good facial expression. Uh, most of the work I feel being done by the eyebrows and the eyes. Uh, but yeah, I really loved that facial expression. Oh, and, and uh, Kaisei isn't waking up yet either, so we, yeah. need to what, we need to figure out what's going on there. Because I, yeah, I, fe- I really have a feeling if anything happens to her more than what's already happened, um, the Hot Pot Club is going to be in more trouble than they ever wanted to yeah. be. I do love Yasuro's decision to be like, look, if I can't, if I can't, I can't defeat these guys directly, but I can damn well bring down their, like, triple-decker airship. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I can't sink the Titanic, but dang it, Kirk, I can crash it. Five. Five. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh ba- rage of bahamut virgin soul episode 11 where heaven declares war on humanity oh no 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 we need to start with the attempted breakout of uh nina and uh john that's that's oh yeah yeah that's that's just that where this all really starts good. especially where she 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 She's got that iron ball on her, and she's sitting there spinning around like a top. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's. I mean, I mean, the ant. Never mind. Well, okay. One, Nina's not human; she's a dragon. Two, <laughs> this is anime and fiction. Three, still looking at it. My ankles hurt watching that scene. Yeah, and, I, and like for most of the episode, it's like, why doesn't you just break off that iron ball and chain? And like, and then like. Then towards the end of the episode, when she's like, you know, basically doing capoeira, you know, capoeira on the guards with the, uh, you know, basically, you know, using the iron ball as a weapon. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why. That's why. (laughs) Because she doesn't see it as something holding her down. She views it as an improvised weapon. Um, I love the interactions that Nina has with Jean. They're like a perfect sort of odd couple buddy cop duo. Mm-hmm. You, you uh, that. I especially love the interaction where Nina's like, "Hey Jean, I have a secret. I'm actually a dragon." 
Uh, and when I get horny, I turn into a dragon, and Sean's like, are, are you messing with me right now? Well, no, I, I, I like, she, she goes, so who do you think? Well, I think Kaiser could. Probably. And then and he's like, probably. And John's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, and then the... And then the scenes with Nina breaking into, sorry, Rita breaking into the prison are fantastic. I love. Oh, Rita I, is so good. I love the hand. I love the hand. Yes, the hand. Mm-hmm. The hand is amazing. The, the, yeah. The, the, the lock. Well, the hand reminds me of a ferret. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I love how Rita sort of pretends to lose her grip on the elevator and plummet to her death. Yeah. Uh, to. The- to make the guards think that oh we don't have to worry about her she just splatted on the ground there when actually no she's just using her umbrella to float down like Princess Peach. Uh uh-uh, uh Mary Popkin. Mary she's Poppins. So, I I I love how smart she is. Yes. And her voice actress was having a ball. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, so I guess after after that is sort of when uh, heaven descends and is like. Yo, give us John to Ark, or we're gonna murder you. And the king, being an arrogant asshole, is like, <laughs> "No, go away." And the angel's like, "All right, we're gonna declare war on you then." <laughs> and, the, and the king's like, "Bring it." Yeah, yeah, but uh, like, oops. you know that even though the king puts on like, "Oh yeah, I'm a brave badass" sort of face, he's worried. Because if he wasn't, he wouldn't have asked John to convince them to call off the war. He wouldn't have done that little backstabbing thing, yes. If he honestly believed that he was going to be fine, like he would just do like he did with the demons and not give a crap. Well, yeah, that's because the population of the city, the population of the city doesn't care about demons, but they do care about gods. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, and the the city, at least part, some of the civilians are starting to revolt, um, and like really question whether their king is sane. Uh, I think he isn't, but we'll go from there. Oh well, I, no, I, I I think he's sane. I think he's just super evil and just desperate to hold on to absolute power. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, other interesting thing is, uh, yeah, Dina finally comes to the realization that the, uh, you know, that the guy, the guy she was, yeah, that the guy she was so hot for at the festival yeah. was the king. Which, yeah. with any other character, I'd be like, oh come on, but Nina is like has been shown to be kind of an airhead, so I totally buy that she's only just figuring it out now. Well, yes, you have to remember she's a dragon. Well, no, it's that she's a moron. <laughs> yeah. No, she's a dragon. No, it's, let's, not, let's not get the... Well, there are, there, look, there, we saw the dragon village. Not yeah. all the dragons were as ditzy as Nina. It's just true. Uh, but yeah, this was a really good episode. I liked it a lot. Um, and I love Nina being super stoked to see Rita again. Wow. Well, you left the door open. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to to see this episode to see where it goes because it's like, yeah, five. Yep. Yeah, good, I agree. Good times, five. All right, uh, so <laughs> that'll do it for this season's anime. But you know, well, with only one no, week no, left. No, no. Yeah, well, we got not, actually, we we got three shows to do for this season. Yeah, so. that's not. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, so what's going to happen is is that. There's still going to be holdovers. Uh, so, uh, Virgin yeah. Soul, uh, My Hero and Academia. My Hero Academy, yeah. Uh, and uh, something else. If you're watching it, Recreators will continue. Yeah, that's the other one I couldn't think of. Yeah, I don't think any 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 of us or well, care about Sigrata Reset. or I don't know, are you still watching Soccer Request Bad? Uh, I'm several episodes behind on that, but I'm probably okay. going to catch up. Um because I did enjoy the episodes that I saw. That, that I saw. Um, okay, but yeah, those are continuing as well. <clears throat> I'm honestly surprised that Sakura Quest is more than 13 episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so uh, we're going to be moving on to uh, <clears throat> the summer season in a couple recordings. Uh in the recording after the next one we'll be doing. So I figured we'd go over some of the shows we're looking forward to and sort of like possibly why we think they might be interesting. Uh, I'm going to be going by um, the airing date sorting based on uh, the airing dates that Anachart has. Uh, So first we have Kakegurui by MAPPA, which is based on a manga uh, about an institution with the an institution for the privilege with a very peculiar curriculum it's not about athletic prowess or book smarts that keep you ahead it's reading your opponent uh in a gam it, it's basically a gambling shonen thing uh, we had like. we, we, we had that uh, real rainbow gate uh, yeah no oh okay yeah this okay. isn't this definitely isn't the same sort of because real rainbow gate let's let's be honest was less about gambling and more about hey check out this hot lady well <laughs> it's actually okay kakiguri has some pretty hot girls although i mean yes because that's how you make anime right? uh, but yeah, yeah who's, who's gonna watch an anime with just plain old normal people in it yeah it's basically yeah, let Kak- me tell you about ping pong, Larry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Okay, Kakaguri is basically Kaiji in high school. Okay. All right, moving along. Fate Apocrypha, um, which of course we're watching this because um, I, I I wouldn't want to betray Aaron like that. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a Holy Grail War show, and who, will it be good? Who knows? It's the Nasu verse, so. It's anyone's guess. Uh, then we have Katsugeki Token Randu, uh, based on a video game being animated by UFO Table. Um, yeah. One of my favorite studios. Yeah, I have no idea how the story's going to play out. I just know it's going to look good. It sounds super interesting, though, about uh, time travelers going back to 1863 to change history, basically. Then we have oh well, yeah okay well <laughs> for well, those of you well, who are okay. a fan of so that's, bad it's good anime right, we have the fourth season of Symphogear. okay yeah, that's the, okay that, the whole time traveler thing 
Okay, that's the frame for it. What it's about is it's about hot guys with swords. Or, and, oh, okay. It's is uh, and specifically hot guys who are swords. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, because that's what the Token Ranbu franchise is all about. It's about okay, the yeah, characters. Sure. The characters are all the characters are the personifications of swords. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I dig it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, all I know about see. it. Because <laughs> I uh, saw, yeah. except for like I saw like the first episode of uh, Token Ranbu Hanamaru, and it was boring as hell. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, next we have uh, Yokai Apartment No Yuga Na Nichijo uh, by Shine Animation. Which Ben, you said. Uh, have you read the light novel, or have you just heard good things? Uh, no, I, I read the manga, not the light novel. Ah, uh, okay, you read the manga adaptation yeah, the, of the light novel. Yeah, the manga is serialized in the, you know, it's serialized in a monthly shonen magazine. Um, so, but, and it's, and the manga is really good. So, I am looking forward to seeing this. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the, stu- well, the studio is, the studio is sort of interesting. Uh, Shine Animation... Uh, they did, uh, let's see, uh, crap, what's, oh yeah, they've it's done a, they Durime, did, they've done a lot of Doraemon and Crayon Shinchan stuff. Uh, yeah, they, well, the main one I'm familiar with them was, uh, was, uh, uh crap, oh yeah, Tanari no Sekikun, uh, which was a short series, which was really funny. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, Tomorrow's Sekikun. Yeah, I do remember people talking about that show and that it was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Larry uh, Larry uh, points out that we skipped over Knights and Magic. Oh, which is, right. Which is, a, yeah. which is a light novel adaptation. I read a few chapters of the manga, and it's 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 an isekai story. <laughs> oh, man, this this premise... In this, in this story, a Japanese mecha otaku dies in a car accident and his soul is reincarnated into another world as Ernesti Echevarria. Eru inherits memories and interests from his previous life and aims to be a pilot of a silhouette knight, a large humanoid weapon that really exists in his world. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. Why, like In the middle of reading that, I was really hoping that it was going to say that the Japanese mecha otaku died and then was re- reincarnated as a mecha in a fantasy world and that the other main character was going to pilot the mecha with the yeah. otaku yeah. soul in it. Keep wanting which, miracles. Yeah, he basically, that would be, personally, I think that would be way more interesting. He but. Gets, yeah, he gets reincarnated as a, he gets reincarnated in a world of magic. So he grows up to be a mage and he's like, I want to be a mech pilot. <laughs> and, and so like, and it turns out in this world, there are magic mechs. So he's like, I'm going to pilot those magic mechs. Yeah, and... like I'm, I'm kind of inherently skeptical of isekai shows because honestly, I still have, I still have not seen one that has been anything better than just like okay. But um, well, there was yeah, I mean, and okay, the most yeah. popular ones tend to like, I tend to think they're just kind of straight garbage, like. Games. Yeah, it's yeah, it's mostly yeah. That's the thing. Isekai shows are mostly power fantasies, 
Uh, I mean, like even Yojo Senki, which at least does something interesting. Like I still have had a lot of massive problems with that one. Yeah. Now, sorry for interrupting, but moving right along. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, So let's see. The next one we were interested in, I believe, was well. We can let's see. Like I can. I can have a few. I can have a few comments about shows that might pique my interest somewhat. Um, okay, sure, go ahead. Like, I feel like okay, gonna, I feel feel like you're gonna have a lot more to talk about than I will. Yeah, like okay, <laughs> like Isekai Shokudo. It feels to me like a fantasy version of Bartender. Which okay, yeah. So it's so it's like it's about a restaurant where like otherworldly people come in and they serve them food that and all that and so. So it seems seems to me like sort of like a fantastical, a fantastical version of the of bartender. Yeah, which, by Silverlink. Who man, they, I really miss when Silverlink did things I actually cared about. Uh, <laughs> well, because yeah, it's been a while. Uh, they did uh, they did uh, Chivalry of a Failed Knight, which I liked a lot. Yes, I think I the last that. thing they did that I like kind of enjoyed was um watashiga motenai yeah um, watamote yeah watamote like that was the last thing they did where i was like oh yeah this is kind of interesting and like between then and now has just been a ton of like fate fate collide linear prisma and like other like (laughs) super pandering kind of shows and also the chaos semicolon garbage oh yeah chaos child was not good yeah. See, I no, I want to enjoy Silver Link again. <laughs> yeah, Nanamaru Nanamaru Sanbatsu is it's 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 structurally it's a sports series about quiz shows. Nani? <laughs> huh. It yeah yeah so it's yeah so about a, so yeah so it's about a guy who joins a school club that specializes in in uh, you know quiz contests. So could be from a could, studio that's done a ton of Detective Coan, Saint Sia, and uh, what of PMS? Yes, they they did. Uh, actually, they are also doing uh, Yo Mushi. They also did Yo Mushi Pedal. Oh, really? Yes, they can do good work. Uh, yeah, Yo Mushi Pedal is, with, uh, well, did... is is is. Yamushi Pedal is my friend Weed Lord Vegeta's uh, uh, one of his favorite sports anime. Oh, it's really good. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of behind nothing, on it. I need to catch up on it. There's there's nothing wrong with the Tekken Koan. <clears throat> nothing wrong at all. Yeah. Uh, I just wish this the death had stopped. Sayuki Reload Blast. A like <sighs> it's like the third. I'm still making more Sayuki. <laughs> yeah, actually, after a long hiatus. Uh, but they're bringing it back. Oh, isn't that nice? Uh, Sorry, I just I had to interject that. Yeah. yeah. Dive another free. Uh, yeah, free. Basically, cashing in on free's popularity. Sort of late, but hey, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Studio Puro is doing Konbini Kureshi. I have no idea. Like. I don't know. It seems like the premise seems kind of dull to me. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, action heroine, sheer fruits. 
to be honest, seems like one of those shows that would make me very uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> uh, Made in Abyss by Kinema Citrus uh, is in- interesting premise. I'm not really sure what to think of it. Based on a manga, apparently. Yeah, which I have not read, so I have no idea what it's yeah, going to be like. Yeah, I don't think any of us are familiar with, uh, with that. Though Kinema Citrus does have a decent track record like it's nothing outstanding but i mean they did do uh they did do some eureka 7 stuff they did they, um, they did Bar- Tokyo magnitude 8 they did barakamon which which was really good yes um but yeah who knows <laughs> oh they did under the dog as well mm-hmm. which which for all its flaws was still like a really cool thing well, that's the thing, is, is that Cinema, Cinema Citrus, the staff, is made of former Bones people. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to animation, they know what they're doing. It's just the their selection of source material is kind of hit and miss. Yeah. So who knows? Um, next we have 18 If by Studio Gonzo, which sounds pretty interesting. Uh, but also, you know, Studio Gonzo kind of they kind of have a reputation of starting out real interesting and then blowing it halfway through uh gonzo gonzo yeah i have no clue how that one's gonna play out but yeah at the very least we're gonna give it a shot um then we have something actually kind of interesting from jc staff uh vatican kiseki chosakan which is seems to be like this kind of like uh detect sort of like religious detective period piece um which sounds pretty interesting um usually when jc staff goes for sort of more like kind of like off the beaten path premises that's when i like them the most um i feel like the crappy jc staff usually rears its ugly head for like clear flavor of the month um cash-ins uh, let's see. They're doing well. They're doing Alice Alice Pizarro this season. That's their yeah, yeah. Which um, is uneven but worthy. Yeah. Again, like JC staff, they do a lot of stuff, um, yeah. which means also they have a lot of hits and a lot of misses. Uh, but generally speaking, again, when they when they go for sort of these more um, sort of uh, not really otaku bait. Uh, kind of uh, adaptations or original series like that's when they tend to be at their most interesting and like um, actually it's often at their best structurally structurally it this feels to me like uh, this feels to me like uh, like it's gonna be like you know an action mystery kind of series with uh, a bit of the flavor of Catholic of like you know Japanese filtered Catholic mythology yeah, like, um, I mean, at worst case scenario, I feel this is just going to be another Gossic, but, I mean, we had, we had some, we had a lot of fun ripping on Gossic, so. I liked Gossic. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. Uh, there was a lot I'm of, so sorry. there was a lot out at that time that was worse. <laughs> there was a lot out at that time that was worse. I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, at the very least, we got enjoyment out of Gossic. Yep. Uh, 
then we got Ballroom A Yokoso um, from Production IG based on the manga. Love the manga. Manga's great. Yeah, which looks pretty interesting. And also, I mean, it's Production IG, so gotta give it a yeah, shot. Yeah, if it doesn't have the major, I'm not watching it. <laughs> uh, Shokoku no Altair by Studio Mappa seems to be one of those um, sort of uh, fan like fantasy shows that are kind of like loosely based on a real life sort of historical setting uh, that we tend to have a soft spot for on this podcast. So Into- we're definitely going to check that out. Yeah, it's it's sort of like yeah, it's sort of yeah. It's the historical model they're using is Turkey before the Ottomans. Um. Which was a not thing. Gen- not generally a setting that gets uh, that gets much attention. Right, definitely not. Yeah, but they throw in they throw in a bunch of other historical settings. Uh, you know, you know from uh, you know medieval and you know medieval and ancient times. So like, there's a Phoenicia in this in this uh, series, uh, but the manga is really good. Yeah, uh, then we have a show called uh, Princess Principal from Studio 3 Hertz, which even though the premise sounds pretty silly, these are the guys who made Flip Flappers, uh, which was very good, um, despite some of the problems I had with it. Uh, And also Dimension W, which was so close to being a show I really liked. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I mostly liked it, but I it did have problems. Dimension yeah, w, so yeah. at the very least, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this and watch the first episode to see if it like kind of defies my expectations for what the premise is. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting Joker game vibes from this thing. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Let's see what's next here. <laughs> Isekai was smartphone to Tomoni. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> you can't. You can't possibly that, be serious. I'm going to at least mention I'm watching the second season of New Game. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah, because it, the but, first season was actually good. But yeah, I, I, then I'll let you take care of Isekai, Isekai or I, smartphone because there's no way in hell I'm trying it out. I'm gonna try it out. I probably won't. I probably am not going to care that much about it, but I am going to at least give it a try. Because I mean, because I actually, I kind of have a soft spot for isekai stories. You know, even as I realize that they have problems, most of them aren't very good. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, I keep looking out for one that that piques my interest. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's kind of like how I. I try to give most mecha shows a shot, even though a lot of them are kind of garbage <laughs> these days. Um, next, we have uh, Hellgirl, a fourth season of Hellgirl, which uh, got Aaron very excited. Yeah, it Bo- doesn't Bo- take much to do that anymore. Actually, uh, before that, there's uh, Yokoso Jitsuryoku Shijo Shugi no Kyoshitsu A by uh-huh. Studio Lerch. Uh, Lurch has done, done? Lurch, uh, they did Assassination Classroom, Magical Girl Raising Project. Uh, oh, okay. They okay. did the Monster Musume adaptation, they did the Fate Prototype OVA. 
Okay. Um. So you. So yeah, like I've always thought their stuff, that, like I've always thought their actual like work was decent. Um, but man, yeah. like, uh, yeah, that, what, did I they think... only do? Okay, so did they only do Danganronpa three? Because it kind of looks like they. T- they didn't do one or two. Well, there is no. Oh no, they. There is no. Okay, two. no, they. There is no okay. two. Uh, two was All only right. a video game. Uh, oh right. One. Okay, no, they totally did the first, the first season of Danganronpa, the first game adaptation, and man, like, I felt that was a pretty bad adaptation, judging by the first episode. I. Like, to be perfectly honest, I, I liked think it. Was real sloppy. I liked it. I mostly liked it. Uh. And Danganronpa 3 was interesting, didn't completely work, um, didn't completely work, but it was, it was an interesting show. Yeah. That's how I do feel like they did as, as good a job as they could with Assassination Classroom. Like, I've kind of made my thoughts on Assassin Class, Assassin, oh god, Assassination Classroom known before when I talked about trying to read the manga and feeling that the writing in the manga was just really overwrought and way too wordy and just kind of straight up bad. So I was never going to enjoy the adaptation just because my problems were just baked into the core of it. Um, so without heavy rewriting on their part, like there was no way I was going to enjoy that anyway. So no. I feel like they did as good a job as they could. Yeah, it was a faithful, it was a faithful adaptation. I don't know this this thing, uh, Yoko so Jitsuryoku. Uh, I'm getting a Baka and Test vibe out of this one. I vaguely remember that show. Um, I can't remember whether I watched it or not. I've only I only saw I only saw a couple episodes of Baka and Test. Okay, no, I definitely did not watch this show. I'm pretty sure John did though. Yeah, this is from 2010. Okay, yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure I I want to say that John actually like wrote some did some reviews for uh, uh did some reviews for Japanator about Baka to test. I believe I you. I believe you are correct. But yeah, okay, man, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> But yeah, well, we've had a lot of blasts from the past in the last twenty-four hours around here. But right, it's it seems to be like you know class warfare between high school classes. You know, you know which is, you know which it seems where it's like the kind of the kind of thing where you know uh, you know a class full of a class full of misfits you know tries to get you know tries to get back against the uh, you know get back against like you know, a bunch of stuck-up elites. Yeah. Yeah, which was, right. like, that was one of, like, the best aspects of Assassination Classroom, was, uh, was seeing, like, was seeing the students get stronger. I thought... Yeah, I will, ag- I will agree with that. Yeah. Um, then the next... Oh, man, there, Mar- Madhouse is making another Marvel, at Marvel thing that looks, like, no. really bad. No. Or, yeah, no. After Iron uh, Man and, and all the... No, ugh. no, we're not. Yeah, I'm not no, getting bitten no, by that again. No, so, the next really interesting one we have is called The Reflection Wave 1 by Studio Dean. It's an original series. We don't know a whole lot about it, other than it's going to be a superhero series, but, like...
like the post like i I know don't judge something by its cover but the poster looks real good and studio dean has done some pretty good stuff lately like they did showa genroku rakugo shinju yeah Um, i always watch the preview i heard stan lee is involved in the reflection really i i wouldn't imagine he's like particularly like I can't imagine that Stan Lee is involved in any sort of like extended capacity. Like I'm, I imagine it's... he might have done some like character designs or something. But yeah, it says original. There's no way he has any any significant creative control. Uh, probably not. Yeah. And also, like honestly, Stan Lee having a bunch of creative control would not exactly be a selling point for me. It'd kind of be the opposite these days. Because, like, as influential as Stan Lee is, and, like, I'll never take that away from him, uh, I, I, he just, his, I don't think his stuff holds up. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, I'm watching the preview. When we get done with this, you guys watch the preview. I don't think I'm going to do hand springs over this. But, yeah, I will, we'll definitely see. Um, but I'm, I'm certainly very interested in it. Yeah, and then at last, there's Awari Monogatari. Yeah, the most the most important thing airing next season, uh, Awari Monogatari third season. The only problem uh, is contains the arcs Mayoi Hell, uh, Hitagi Rendezvous, and Ogi Dark, um, which I want to say is either the end or leading up to the end of sort of like the chronology of Bakemonogatari as we know it. Um, no problem is like, it does not have there a is, date. Yeah, and these, it says July 2017. Um, Nisio Isin has made more stuff uh, past the chronological end, sort of like filling in gaps and stuff. Um, so it's... Like once we once we reach the sort of chronological end of uh, Araragi's story, like that ain't it ain't over for Bakemonogatari. But um, what I'm particularly excited for is the one uh, where he the one he's writing that kind of like fills in more of uh, Shinobu's past, uh, sort of like before she being like her early days as Kiss Shot and before she even became Kiss Shot. So I'm super excited for that storyline. But, yeah. Uh, Monogatari has been... I feel like it has consistently improved upon itself uh, with a few exceptions. Um, again, I, I sort of noted that Kizu Monogatari, um, when, when we sort of talked about the films, Ben, that, like, those are less improvements and more like kind of uh, condensed forms of everything that makes Bakemonogatari fantastic and awful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I still need to watch the second and third movies. I saw the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that like, <laughs> I feel like the second movie has both some of the best. Uh, like um, among the very best, um, uh, oh god, why can't I remember? Uh, uh, Hanakawa, some of the best Hanakawa scenes that's in the entire franchise, and also some of the worst Hanakawa scenes that have been in the entire franchise. So you get the you get the real extremes. Um, 
But yeah, I feel in, in terms of like the show itself, uh, rather than just like the movies, um, Awari Monogatari was an extremely good series. Um, one of the best that Monogatari has had. So I'm very much looking forward to this third part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. That covers so, it pretty much. Yeah, uh, except for uh, I didn't want to mention because like Aaron pointed this out to me, and uh, I it, this is something just like really short that I think we could just briefly say like is this good or not? Uh, did we enjoy it or not? But there is apparently a uh, sort of like three episode uh, short series. Sorry, three like uh, one of those like comedy shorts that's currently. Uh, three episodes are out. They're three minutes long. Called Africa No Salary Man by Production IG, uh, about a lion, a toucan, and a lizard who live lives of office workers in capitalist Japan while also dealing with the fact that they are animals living outside the savanna. <laughs> Which sounds like a fantastic premise for a comedy sh- comedy manga. Uh, so I feel like we should definitely take a look at the three episodes that have aired so far. Well, uh, I guess by the time we get to the next recording, four episodes, and see what we think about that, because, man, that is an intriguing premise <laughs> for a comedy show. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so that about does it, except for, like, the crazy... I can't believe that Handshakers is getting a 13th unaired episode. I That's am cool not story. bothering to watch that. Because yeah. I mean, a prequel would just—I might, work out of morbid me. curiosity. I mean, yes, if but. you <laughs> if you want if you want your eyes to bleed further. I mean, look, maybe maybe I like my eyes bleeding. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> don't kink shame. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that'll do it. I think uh, for our winter preview, sorry, summer preview, and uh, also this episode of BakaCast. Okay, look, uh, so, I, I know it's been 120 plus all week out there, and I know you're looking for winter in a hurry, so I can understand, yeah, my, uh, I can understand <laughs> yeah. the, wind, the pavement's buckling, uh, the sand is melting, turning to glass. I, I, I got all that. Yeah, I'm frying, I'm frying eggs in my car. Uh, no so yeah, uh, if you want to, <laughs> we don't currently have listener questions yet. I'm feeling, I'm feeling neglected, guys. It's like you don't love me anymore. Um but yeah, if you want to send questions or comments, you can do so either on our blog at www.projecthari.net or to um, or you can leave them on www.audioentropy.com because I have comments enabled finally. Go you. Uh, feel free to do that there. So yeah. Um, ben? Dustin? Three, two, one. Kiribosh! Ta-ta, anime is better than broadcast television. (laughs) Bye.